This is the Truth Network. The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to the masculine journey. We are so glad that you're with us today. Um, we have a, a special guest with us. Sometimes our guests are special, and then we have a special guest with us today, and that's Morgan Schneider, um, who just got finished writing a book called Becoming a King. And we've got a whole host of guys in the studio. A lot of us uh, have questions, and uh, but we just want to share with our listeners how excited we are that, A, Morgan has this book, Becoming a King, uh, out in print. I've already bought several copies of it and sent it to guys all over the country um, and uh, read it once and almost finished with the audible version, uh, Morgan. And then wow. we've got Brian. Okay. Mc- and I love the fact that you're actually reading the the book, that you're the, the one reading it. So I hate to buy an audible and it's not, you know, the author, but that's just oh, me. So I'm just passionate. weird. Yeah. I'm passionate about doing that because it's such a heart centered um, story to story, story, mission, and message. So I was really keen on reading it myself. Yeah. So when you start out the book, you actually say very unapologetically what the mission of the book is, um, and that that is power, and that that men want power, and that it's okay. And so I would love for you to just talk about that for a minute. Yeah, Darren, in in. Um, preparation for this podcast, I actually Googled the news earlier today and just a sort and said, what's going on? And of the top 10 stories, seven of them were stories of mishandled power. Just fascinating. All sorts of different expressions. And therein lies the dilemma. We happen to be in a very poignant moment of masculine power mishandled in a very uh, catastrophic way. Um, But at the same time, it's the most current expression. It's nothing new under the sun. If we read history, we find that story repeating itself again and again and again. But so important is to try to unpack what's going on, what is the dilemma, and what is the opportunity. And what I want to suggest is that power as it's the center of our story, the center of what's gone wrong, and the center of what we need to recover and restore. I think those are the words I would use if we want to find life and find and make it last. And so I think when we talk about power, you know, Dallas Willard suggested that the primary work of God is finding people, finding men and women in whom he can entrust his power. And the story of most men is being entrusted with power and it bringing harm to themselves and those under their care. Yeah. What's so challenging is that, Darren, if we look at scriptures, we were intended to be entrusted with power, that it was literally the first invitation by the heart of God, where he says, let us, 
the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit make humankind in our image. And so male and female, they, God, the Trinity, created us. And the first thing he says, he gives us the keys to the kingdom. He says, rule, subdue, exercise my heart, my nature over all of creation. We will be co-creators, and you will reign over the fish of the of the sea and the birds of the sky, over all things I entrusted to your care. And so what I want to suggest in beginning the conversation is power is meant for good. We were meant to be entrusted with power as stewards. And what's gone wrong with it is really sad. It's really debilitating, both in the world and in our own soul. And so the question must be, what do we do with the dilemma? And not to lose the original design, but not to reject power or um, resent power. But what does it look like for power to be restored in a man and a woman and to be made healthy so that others thrive under our care? It's it's funny that you started there and you talked about today's headlines. The <clears throat> the stack the second statement that I had written down just in my notes and prep for this was basically the statement that you know all we have to do is look at today's headlines and and that's evidence enough that we need kings we need good kings in the world. But the reason I wanted to talk about that and I'd love to ask Brian to chime in here is that. You talk about the importance of becoming a son, and Brian, we were talking before the show, yeah. and you said that's where you're at right now. Yeah, so, you know, Morgan, obviously I've been to the intensive. I've spent a lot of time with you. Had a great weekend there. I've spent a lot of time in the video series prior to that and then even after. So I'm deep in this message, and, um, yeah. you know, I'm reading through this book. You know, first chapter, I think it, it might have been the second chapter in Becoming a Son, but the the quote is, the journey of sonship is not a one-time event, but an ongoing process, as Jesus modeled, of maturing in oneness. So, you know, what I want to suggest is that this is a this is an ongoing thing, and for me personally, that's where I'm at today. You know, I'm I'm yeah. I'm in the slow and steady. You know, at home, I've got four kids, a wife, and the story that came to mind for me was, um, you know, my wife and daughter were in our bed. They'd had a long day. They were done. They said they were going to bed. <laughs> they were watching a movie in bed. They hadn't had dinner yet. So, you know, you've told a lot of stories regarding fighting for your daughter's heart, for your wife's heart, and that's that's in the moment. Um, you know, I was just asking God, what can I do now? So what I did was I brought her breakfast, 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 dinner in bed. <laughs> Which could you have know. been breakfast, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was, you know, it was a very simple thing, but they loved it. And, yeah. you know, my wife looked at me, and I'll never forget the look in her eyes, and she said straight to my daughter, she said, that's who you need to go find when you grow up. So, mm. Mm. you know, it was just a good moment. Beautiful. of it, it wasn't about me. It was more about the generations to come. Yeah. You know, and, and what kind of person was I going to become? Am I going to be stuck yeah. at work, or I'm going to become a son and, and fight for my wife and daughter's heart? Okay, so Brian, let me ask you back. Uh, now, connect the dots for me, that moment and your choice, right, to to bless your family by offering strength, by offering the affection, the intimacy, the care of bringing a meal to them in bed, instead of the typical we find ourselves 
we're just checked out. We're frustrated. We, we've spent ourselves all day, and we have a chance to watch a movie, get a little relief, you know, get a little space, get an exhale. Connect that action to the idea of becoming a son in increasing measure over time. What's the connection for you? Well, for me personally, you know, that was my story most of the time. You know, I, I would go to work, and I would be fully spent to the point of, that's all I wanted to do. I couldn't engage. And, you know, obviously I mess this up more than not. So I come home a lot of times and I, I mess it up. But, you know, in that moment I had a choice and the choice was, you know, I'm going to do the things that I can do to fight for their heart. So, you know, I would say I've, I've come a long way in that. And um, just the fact that I made that choice and prayed in that moment and, you know, asked God, what should I do? Yeah. Um, that was huge for me. Yeah, it's so good, because I think what I'd reflect back on sonship, I, I, I would suggest that most of what we experience when we experience masculinity in the world, in the news, in our homes, in our schools, in our businesses, our churches, is uninitiated king. It's mostly boys in men's bodies, in men's roles, in men's responsibilities, that have not gone through the process of becoming wholehearted kings through the gateway of becoming sons. And so the effect of that, you have to start with the symptoms, right? Dallas Willard says actions reveal beliefs 100% of the time. And so look at the actions. And what you see when you see most men um, is a sense of being behind, <laughs> a sense of I'm behind, right? Like I'm behind yep. my finances, my work, my yard work, like for heaven's sakes, whatever it is, I'm behind. The report card is behind. Or it's a sense of whatever it is, it is up to me. Life is up to me. Even if it's my ministry or my church, like, uh, it's up to me. And so those conditions so often reveal a, a, a reality of fatherlessness as a root cause. And that that's so hopeful because we see things as not as they are, but as we are. And when we are living out of a practical belief system as an orphan or a slave, we will always be a victim. We will feel behind. We will live independently. And that's not what Jesus models. He models a life of strength through dependency. And what's available to us as sons, when we risk believing that God is a true Father and there are ways that we have mislearned Him, and we have to unlearn him and learn him as he truly is. When we come home to sonship in increasing measure, it changes our lens in how we see everything. It changes our emotional experience of reality. We, scarcity turns into abundance. Fear turns into courage over time. And so, Brian, what you just described was beautiful. You shifted from spending yourself at work, probably trying to chase that thing of an orphan spirit, a spirit of slavery, I'm on my own, it's up to me, I have to make it happen, and even it can look noble, but it's out of being an orphan, and instead, some new places of, I'm a son, I'm operating out of a spirit of sonship, I have more than enough, I am provided for, I can bring strength to those I love, rather than bringing my question to them to answer my need for validation, I am validated, and I'm able to bring a strength. So way to go. That's that's the path. That's the masculine journey. 
And so, so Mor- from yeah, from, from Morgan, <laughs> this, is, this Robbie. is Robbie. Yeah, I'm I'm 65 years old. You know, unlike you guys that were in your 30s, and so I was really jealous when this stuff came out, and I was like, man, I need to, you know. And, and it's so funny as I'm listening to this stuff, like they're talking about you're way behind at 30. Well, at 65, I'm like way, way, way behind. And <laughs> and then you did this podcast on, you know, giving your daughter a promise ring, you know, and. You know, my daughter's like 30 now. <laughs> I was like, I'm way behind. I can't do that because my daughter's like 30. But then I thought, you know what? You know, the way that you described that ring was that you could say, I promise that I'm always going to. And I thought about what that would do for my daughter's heart. And oh, my goodness, I gave it to her last Christmas with her mother helping me pick it out. And I, there is no way I can ever explain to you what that did for my family because it just wasn't that impossible to try to get up to the point where things were right but we got to go to a break i hate that yeah we're going to go for to a break in the meantime you can go to masculinejourney.org and register for the boot camp that we've got coming up our friends at my pillow have changed over production to make masks for hospitals but they still have plenty of products so right now truth listeners can buy one get one free on most products pillows giza bed sheets towels even neck pillows if you get two of those you'll be neck and neck <laughs> Go to the radio listeners page and use the promo code CARGUY. Call 800-943-7096. Order Mike Lindell's book and get free shipping plus a $25 gift card for your next purchase. Use the promo code CARGUY at MyPillow.com. Darren Kuhn with the Masculine Journey Radio Show. I want to ask you to consider coming to a boot camp. Meet our band of brothers, meet the Masculine Journey radio team, but more importantly, meet God there. Hear the message, experience the message that has changed hundreds of men's lives, changed their marriages, changed the way they walk with God. Hey, can you guys cease fire for a second? I'm trying to do a promo here. Coming July 17th through the 19th. Register now at MasculineJourney.org. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. Go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. You can go to facebook.com and click the donate button, or you can go to masculinejourney.org and find the donate button. masculinejourney.org. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to P.O. Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. us today and uh, we're so excited about the new book that he's written becoming a king and we've got brian mcorder in the in the house with us who's been out to colorado and spent quite a bit of time with morgan and uh the the group on the intensive that morgan started a few years ago i I, robbie said he was jealous when you first announced the intensive morgan I registered. Now I was way past forty, um, and way to go, buddy. I'm sure that laughingly, you know, you sent me an email saying, "Sorry, dude, you're too old." Um, but uh, you're behind, Darren. I was way behind. But the one I did identify with that. I mean, I so much identified with that, and I remember Craig McConnell talking about that one time at a, at a boot camp where he just said, you know, he felt like he was behind in his finances. He was behind in this, behind in that, and and all of these different things. And and so there's so much more to cover. Now, in Chapter 3, I want to take you 
to there because I both love and hate um, this quote that you put in there by Mike Mason. And, you know, I love it because it's true. I hate it because it demands hard work. Um, And I hate it even more because I'm in the construction business and I I build things and, and sometimes I have to demo stuff in order to build something but seldom do I have to demo what I put my blood, sweat, and tears, my money and finances into. Mm. And as I read that, I went, oh, I've built up a lot of stuff that God wants to tear down. And, and he wants me to be active in that process of excavation and tearing it down so that he can build it back up. I would love for you to talk about that for a second or two. Yeah, yeah, that quote is just haunting that you're referring to from Mike Mason, where he says that, that the heart of a man is like a densely populated city, that nothing can be built in its center without something else being torn down. And yeah, it's really sobering, um, but we have to remember that the lens in which we approach that kind of idea is one of a father-centered view of reality, a father that is generous that has our best intention in mind. He doesn't do it simply to be cruel. But when we're orphans, we misinterpret that kind of work. I remember Darren being a young man and just being so angry about that. You're right. Somebody gave me a picture of an excavation site, and this was a huge commercial skyscraper in, like, New York City. And the layer, the floor of of digging and excavating. There are huge cats working in bulldozers at the bottom, and they just look like ants. And I'm looking at the depth of it, and I just sense the Father saying, this is this is what I'm doing. If you want to participate with me, these are not the building your son. These are, these are the excavated. And I fought it, and I kicked and screamed, but here were some pieces. I remember when I had enough pain where my internal life didn't match my external. So externally, I was killing it. And people would have said, oh, man, that's what I want to look like. Internally, there was fear. There was that sense of behind. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want that life. I didn't want that dissonance within my soul. And so I asked. And I, I turned to a mentor, and I said, you know, I started asking the question, where are the pitfalls? Where do we find life? How do we make it last? What's the most important thing? And I remember early in these days, a mentor said, start with looking at men in their 50s and their 60s and ask, where'd they get taken out? What went wrong? And you guys, it was so painful because these were good men. And no one sets out to train wreck their marriage. No one sets out to cause abuse and harm to other people. And I was so sobered, particularly in the themes of men getting taken out by work and women. And what I was haunted by is they started out just like me. Mm-hmm. And so if I am not keenly aware of my trajectory, my motives, my intent, my season, and what God is after, I could quickly and easily find my path where I landed up in the same place as them. It wasn't judgment. It was sobriety. It was going... I know what I want, and so there's got to be a different way. And that's when God really challenged me of the narrow road, of the slow and steady over the, the, the bait 
in the constant seduction of you can get the life you want, but you can have it cheap, you can have it easy, and you can have it quick. <laughs> and there's nothing new under the sun, and that's not what the scriptures say. And so I fought against excavation, and now I've come to embrace it and actually even delight in it, to the point of planting eight little pine trees in my yard this past spring as a spiritual practice. I would have wanted to look for the shortest way to do it, you know, figure in a drip system, make it efficient. And God said, I want you to dig. I want you to prepare the soil. And I want you to stand out here every day with a hose and water it as slowly as it needs to be done. Because what I'm doing for these trees, I'm doing for you. You need to see this and cooperate with me. Brian, what's that, what's that bring up in you? Well, you know, I'm kind of reading along in the book as well about your internal world versus your um, external world. And for me, it was, you know, my external world was good as well. And then, like Morgan says, the, the lights on the dashboard start coming out, you know. And for me, it was, um, you know, a lot of things in my family that had just gone wrong, you know. And I had to look somewhere else. And, you know, a lot of things came up during that time. And, you know, I can thank the brother in the room here, Sam, for, you know, helping me get through those times. So, you know, if I wouldn't have Sam in my life, there'd be a uh, lot of trouble. <laughs> so I would venture to say that every person in this room would say if we didn't have Sam in their, our life, we would be in uh-huh. a lot of trouble and probably each other. We could probably, you know, just fill in the blank and whoever's mm-hmm. sitting next to you there, there you go. Um, it is amazing to me that, that you, you bring that up on this I mean, I remember the first time I met you, Morgan, I won't tell the story right now, but it was about 11 years ago. We might save it for the after hours show. It's more of an after hours content. Um, But I was in a really bad place. um, And and you began to talk about some of these principles of, of preparing the soil and becoming good soil and i didn't like it because i wanted the shortcut i i had i had been a pastor for the better part of 20 years the first time i ever heard you speak and i thought you know there's there's you know i wanted the shortcut i had been trained that you know the the five tips and the seven techniques to you know getting to know god better and and all of those different things and and i was teaching them quite frankly um, and yet it wasn't working. So there was the external, oh, he's a pastor, um, he's a leader, all of those things. But the internal was, you know, uh, still struggling with addiction to pornography on and off and struggling with a marriage that was about to be dissolved and, and different things. And uh, that was, you know, about four years before I met you. But um, during that period of time, it was as God came along and began to say, okay, so, you know, what's not working? What's not working for yeah. you? And you, you talk about this pandemic in the book um, of this anger and addiction and vicarious living that's just, it's just under the surface of almost yeah. every man. And my goodness, all you have to do is turn on the news right now or open the newspaper or turn on the internet and you see that um, we are living in that explosion of of the anger of the addiction of the vicarious living and and all of those different things and um the fact that we're we're never going to live beyond our identity um that you talk about and so 
when I heard you talk about the 10 years that you took to become good soil in your 30s, I was like, oh, no, I don't I don't have 10 years. Right. And I, I mean, I hated it. And and I love the outcome of it. And so I just want to say thank you um, and and validate you. And, and not not for me, but I know God validates you. But thank you for being willing to submit and humble yourself at that point and sit at the feet of some mentors. And so talk about that for a minute. What what is it like to say, you know what, I don't have to have all the answers right now. I'm going to seek out men or even women in my life. I, I love the story you tell about when you decided you were behind and you wanted to learn how to bow hunt. Um, yeah. Um, and, and how God fathers you through those things and helps you become a son in a different way. Yeah, it's good, Darren. You know, pain is a, a tremendous teacher. Among other things, it's a tremendous guide. It's a kind guide. One mentor asked, have you reached your bottom? Because God is very patient. He waits to be wanted, Tozier says. And so he will wait until we hit a bottom, and he is woefully patient with our stumbling. And, and I remember one mentor phrased that we really have two choices. It's humility or humiliation. <laughs> but in this instance, there is not a third way. And I had plenty of humiliation and plenty of loss in that way. So finally, I yielded and said, I, I want more life and I don't have it. And God, if you are who you say you are, I'll give it a try. And so it began out of intense longing for life and the dilemma of pain manifesting as anxiety and fear and this disconnect, this dissonance in my soul. And so that's when I started turning. I asked God. I said, God, I want life. I want life, and I'm not finding it. And what I found, there were so many guys, either their world blew up, or worse, they succeeded. And mm-hmm. it was misery still. Mm-hmm. Right? Success is its own enemy. The worst thing is when our faults, when our caricature and our fig leaf actually works for us, and so if we're thirsty enough, we come to a crossroad and we come to become the kind of person we're saying, we're going to replace our exclamation point, these unspoken subconscious exclamation points, which we're trained to have as men in a fallen world, all the answers, we're going to replace them with question marks. We're going to start asking the questions, what is the most important thing? And so I found myself asking, it was really fascinating, is I asked God, and this is really the headwaters of becoming a king. I asked God, what is the path of life? What's the most important thing? And for two weeks, it was silent. <laughs> I think we have to go to a radio commercial break. Well, we're, this is going to be the end of this show, but we're going to come back in a few minutes with the after show, um, the after hour show. So if you're listening right now and you want to come back and join us on the podcast, go to MasculineJourney.org. You can get the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on several different outlets, your favorite one. In the meantime, go to Masculine Journey Radio and, or MasculineJourney.org and register for the boot camp that we've got coming up July 17th or 16th, July 16th through the 20th. And uh, we're going to come back with more um, from Morgan Snyder in just a few minutes. <laughs> 